Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast hosted by FamilyVisionMedia.org. Find out more by also navigating to StacyOnTheRight.com. And don't forget to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. So glad to have with me today a fan favorite. We love Newsbusters. We love Media Research Center. And today, joining me on the podcast, we have Michael Morris, MRC Free Speech America, and MRC Business Managing Editor. Hey, Michael. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Stacey. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You know, I'm glad you're here because who better to discuss this disinformation board and its disintegration? We are all so happy about it. Yeah, look, the uh, White House DHS uh, has actually said they put it on a pause for the time being. So we shouldn't get too excited just yet, as the left does repeatedly. I like to put things on pause, which is exactly what they've done here, and try to resurrect them later when we're all distracted thinking about other things. So here's what I know. We may be distracted by other things, but something called the disinformation board, which sounds like it's out of the book 1984, um, I think we're all going to snap to if they try to resurrect it again. But what exactly happened here? Was it pressure from the right that caused this to go uh, you know, to the downside, or, or are they really this disorganized? Well, look, that's exactly what they said. They said it was it was pressure from the right. It was, you know, some sort of disinformation campaign, they said, that, that caused the, the board to have to go on a pause. Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, actually former White House Press Secretary, pledged that the censorship board, or the Ministry of Truth, as we've been calling it, was going to operate in a quote-unquote nonpartisan and apolitical manner. But what we found out is that's simply just not true. So what were they planning on doing? I know what they said, but what, what, what did we ascertain by listening to her previous comments that they were actually going to do? Well, look, this, this group was created to go after disinformation online. And, uh, you know, that, that can mean any number of things. If you look at what, what's been done in the past, uh, you simply can't trust when government says it's going to do something for your safety because more times than not, they use safety as some sort of veneer to, to hide what they're actually trying to do, which is which is censor information and actually try to tell Americans what they should or should not think. And and you you said it exactly right. This is Orwellian. It's something from 1984. It clearly goes beyond what the federal government is allowed to do in, in censoring speech, censoring uh, First Amendment liberties that all, every American should cherish. So we know that Nina Jankowitz had an agenda she was someone who was almost groomed up for this role. In her previous iterations of you know, employment with the government, she served in roles where she would comment on censorship. She would comment, and, but not censorship in the way that you and I think of it. When you and I hear the word censorship, we immediately, we feel negative, right? We, we feel like that's not good. That's not a net good. But Nina Jankowitz framed censorship in a way that made it seem as if it was a necessary, not even evil, but a necessary job, kind of like cleaning bathrooms or mopping floors. You have to do it. And so she kind of framed herself as someone who made fun, light work out of this kind of dirty job of making sure that the truth was out there by eliminating what she calls disinformation and misinformation. But that was a carefully crafted narrative surrounding kind of a communist approach to who's allowed to say what, isn't it? Here's what she said on February 17th. She actually posted a tweet. You can just call me the Mary Poppins of disinformation. For those in your audience who have seen the video, it is truly a cringeworthy video. She starts singing about 
how wonderful it is for people like her to go on and silence those they disagree with. It's it's truly disturbing stuff. But more to the point, here at the MRC, we dug in to some of the stuff that Nina Jankowicz has been up to. And as I noted earlier, Jen Psaki said that this was supposed to be a nonpartisan, apolitical board. Well, that's simply not the case. And we dug into it, and we found out that uh, Nina Jankowicz actually, according to Federal Election Commission records, donated $380 to Biden's campaign and $280 to the Biden Victory Fund. The most recent donation record suggests she contributed to Biden's election efforts on October 10th, 2020. That was four days before the release of the now verified New York Post Hunter Biden laptop bombshell. And 12 days before she parroted leftist talking points that the Hunter story was part of a Russian influence op. That's, that's a quote, by the way. Russian influence op, quote unquote. Russian influence op. <laughs> so is it just me or every time do the Democrats actually frame things as being affiliated with Russia whenever it strikes close to the truth or it shows their malfeasance in an area, then they immediately pivot to Russia? Look, it, it, it's like many things with the left. Um, it, if it's not racism, you're right. In recent years, they've used Russia as this sort of boogeyman to go after anything that they disagree with that the right is doing. But look, even Politico senior media writer Jack Schaefer spoke out against the creation of this board. He said, quote, who among us thinks the government should add to its work list the job of determining what is true and what is disinformation? And who thinks the government is capable of telling the truth? Our government produces lies and disinformation at industrial scale and always has it overclassifies vital information to block its own citizens from becoming any the wiser. It pays thousands of press aides to play hide the salami with the facts. And, and look, he's right. The government has no business creating such a board to go after people's free speech. And when have they ever scaled any government entity back? They never do. So our our intent as conservatives is always to rein government in and possibly even make it smaller. But Democrats actually operate kind of in machine style to increase government and its powers. So this disinformation board was supposed to stop the spread of misinformation and disinformation. But it also had a kind of insidious thing because I, I remember reading a tweet by Nina Jankowicz that said that she envisioned something like, certain individuals like herself having almost a veto power over tweets. So let's say you and I are conversing on Twitter publicly about a story having to do with, let's say Hillary Clinton or, or uh, COVID-19. Nina Jankowicz would be able to go in and say, ah, I don't like the way Stacey framed this tweet. And so she'd be able to add an advisory or even edit my tweet. That was her envisioning of how this could work. How does that dovetail in with what we've seen as the huge backlash against uh, Elon Musk's attempt to purchase Twitter? Well, interesting question. You know, what you're referencing there is, is part of what Twitter calls its birdwatch program. It's where they use blue checkmark individuals or notable individuals on their platform to go in and actually edit and change people's posts, just as you mentioned. Truly nefarious stuff. What's truly telling, though, and Jankowitz gets a lot of coverage here, but Jennifer Daskal, that's another member of the DGB, often not brought up. FEC records also showed that the DGB co-chair, that's what she was named, also donated to the Biden administration. Jennifer Daskal donated at least $1,150 to Biden's campaign and $950 to the Biden Victory Fund. 
But what's even more glaring and more stark is she has three Soros connections. Daskal previously worked for the liberal billionaire megadonor George Soros as an Open Society Institute fellow. She had 10 years as senior counterterrorism counsel for the Soros-funded anti-Semitic Human Rights Watch. And her liberal blog, Just Security, also was funded by George Soros. Soros gave at least $32,106,746 to Human Rights Watch between 2000 and 2014, and 675000 to Just Security between 2017 and 2019. Whoa. So the, the, the documentation that you're providing paints a very different picture than what we were told by Jen Psaki in, from the White House press briefing room, where she said this has nothing to do with a ministry of truth and everything to do with ensuring that Americans have access to correct information online social media. She really, like, it's like spreading the best whipped ice topping over, you know, maybe a little container of trash. It was, it's not true that they're just looking to provide correct information. Well, what's nefarious about it is they sold this as some sort of neutral board, some, some nonpartisan, apolitical was the word that they used. And you, you just, you clearly can't say that when you've got Biden donations coming from Nina Jankowicz, Biden donations coming from Jennifer Daskal, two of the board members, and then also Soros connection, not just one Soros connection, three Soros connections with Jennifer Daskal, and she's still on the board. Uh, Nina Jankowicz recently resigned after a lot of the reporting came out, of course, them blaming the right for quote-unquote disinformation, but Jennifer Daskal, as far as we're aware, is still on the board, has three Soros connections, and also donated to the Biden administration. So the donations and the written words, the videos, the things they put out before the disinformation board was formed actually paint the completely opposite picture of what they purported that the board was going to be about. So how do you see the resurrection going? I mean, we've seen this happen before. You mentioned that they will, you know, it's kind of a victory for us and we kind of take a sigh of relief that we don't have a disinformation board that we're paying for. We go on about our business, start addressing other issues, and then they bring it back. How do you see them resurrecting this one in the future? Well, they've brought on someone named Michael Chirp. But like I said before, you know, the disinformation governance board is down, but it's not yet out. You know, what the left likes to do is they like to find a celebration going on, like a major national holiday or late Friday afternoon, they'll put some information and they'll they'll crank things back up with whatever they had to hide before when they think Americans aren't paying attention. And that may be precisely what they're waiting to do with the Ministry of Truth. Notice they called it being put on a pause. Paused was the word that they used. They didn't say they were shutting it down. They're just pausing it, waiting for the opportune time. So the battle for free speech, it's not over. It's in its infancy. We must remain vigilant with eyes and ears open. But we are taking this win in stride. And with the help of others in the pro-free speech movement, we hope to build on this momentum. And uh, with steadfast conviction, uh, we can continue this fight to protect America's first principles. So the most important thing here for Americans to take away from this entire saga, which is, is actually not over, a board on pause means they will eventually try to bring it back. And we have to be prepared with a huge backlash for that as well. But what, what do we take away from this as we're observing it, and how do we fit it into the larger cultural landscape of events and stories that are going on from the Biden administration? Well, what it appears is that up until now, big tech and big government have been 
you know, kind of working hand in hand behind the scenes to try to suppress information on the, on the big tech platforms. But Elon Musk stepped in. Uh, he said it was going to turn Twitter into a free speech type platform. And it appears as though big government got a little wary, a little scared, perhaps, that uh, some of the information that they've been suppressing, some, maybe some of the information that they want to keep behind closed doors might be able to get out. And conservative Americans, Christian Americans would be allowed to speak freely on a platform like Twitter. And so they created a board and uh, tried to shut down and suppress speech that way. Um, but Americans were, were aware. They, they latched on to the news that a lot of outlets like Media Research Center, uh, Daily Signal and others have been putting out that called out people like Nina Jankowitz, who are clearly partisan, people like Jennifer Daskal, who have a history of Soros ties. And um, it's a good thing that Americans are waking up. Free speech is extremely important, and without it, our republic could not flourish. So the big picture always goes back to us making sure to do the things that we need to do to highlight the wrong actions of those on the left, but also to point in the, the positive direction because free speech and more speech are actually supposed to be the end goal of all government organizations because they fall under the Constitution of the United States. Um, so private organizations can censor their members or their, their employees, that type of thing. But when it comes from the government, the government is supposed to operate under the Constitution and promote free speech. And anything that goes against that, we should instinctually then rise up to tamp that down because the government is actually us. I, I think that's a part of the paradigm that is lost when the left is in charge because they make it seem as if the government is something that we're supposed to bow down to or adhere to or listen to, that the government is smarter and better and more efficient. But the government is actually us. We fund it. Americans work in it. And it's meant to protect our rights and to serve our rights, not to curtail them. And I think that's the push and pull that we're seeing here with this board and everything else. You're right. The answer to bad speech or speech that you disagree with is, is not to suppress speech. It's not to control speech. It's not to stop people from speaking. The answer is more speech. Um, anytime you have a disagreement with someone, if you try to stop them from speaking, you haven't won the argument. You've just prevented the other side from having a say. And so getting more facts out there, uh, getting the truth out there is how you how you solve this problem. And, that, and that's what MRC Free Speech is all about. Free Speech America. Uh, we have a we have a website called censortrack.org where we actually track instances of online censorship. Um, if any of your viewers uh, get censored, they can come visit us at censortrack.org and give us details about their censorship, and we'd be happy to take a look at that. I would love it if people would do that. Also, to go to newsbusters.org and um, mrc.org. There's a lot of videos, a lot of great content. You have op-eds, you have uh, syndicated columnists, all of the things, and specifically the kind of data collection and news gathering and information that you collate and then you find patterns and then you report on that. It's invaluable to us here in this movement, and especially Americans who are looking to find out as much as they can about what government is up to, what media is up to, um, just being informed in every way. Michael Morris, MRC Free Speech America, MRC Business Managing Editor. The website is mrc.org or newsbusters.org, both great sites. Michael, thank you for your time today. Thank you. 
All right. God bless you. And find out more at StacyOnTheRight.com.